The presidential motorcade which just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Where are the George Bushes of yesteryear? Those people you we, talked we about, so the Bob Doles. They... We are so appreciate George yeah. Bush now. Um, well, that's, yeah. I forgot. Well, we have it in perspective. Yes, right. And, and I will be the first to say, right. Mia culpa, maybe I was too hard on him. Can, well, now that I see what it could be. Oh, wait, I didn't finish my thought before. I okay. invite, when I sang in uh, Texas, I invited the Bushes to come see the concert. Bush Sr. Sr. Yeah. And Barbara Bush. Right. And they were so lovely and came backstage uh, at first and I gave them a gift and they gave, brought me a gift and invited them to, you know, invited me to their house and so forth. So lovely. And I introduced them to the audience and they got a standing ovation. And I thought, you know, he served our country. She stood up for yeah. women. And, uh, you know, that's our common ground. Right. That's for the common good. It's for decency. And, and uh, you know, people getting along. Well, never stop speaking out. Please. Listen to that. Bill Maher and Barbara Streisand. Musings about days of yore. Oh, the good old days. Don't you wish we had a Mitt Romney? Or, you know, a George W. Bush? These are the people who are never going to love you until they've destroyed you. And then they'll act as though you're, you're, they're your best friend when you're no longer a threat. You know, when you've been effectively eviscerated from the political scene. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. These people are sitting there just chatting about how much they miss. Where are the Bushes of yesteryear? The Bob Doles. You guys character assassinated all of them. Mitt Romney had binders full of women. He had a dog on the roof of his car like he was Clark W. Griswold pulling Spot down the road on his family vacation. Oh, yeah, he avoided taxes, which was never found to be true. I mean, oh, he bullied a kid in high school, even gave him a haircut against his will. You know, that guy from the evil Bain Capital CEO. Remember that guy? How about John McCain? He had an illegitimate black child that he... uh actually adopted. Bush lied. People died. Remember that? That was a regular chant. I mean, they made movies about the assassination of George W. Bush. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you're now going on about, hey, where are these people? I mean, we could go on and on. I can go back to Reagan, George H. Bush. We can go on down the line. But, you know, these are the same tactics, if you've noticed that they've used on Trump. We've just gotten so far away from them, we forgot how uh, vile they were towards George W. Bush on a daily basis, how vile they were against George H. Bush. I've gone through that cycle. Reagan was stupid. Reagan was forgetful. Reagan was, you know, this evil warmonger. George H. Bush, evil warmonger. Bill Clinton, look at the guy playing the saxophone, and we're worried about whether or not he wears boxers or briefs. I'm sure Kathleen Willie knows. I'm sure Juanita Broderick and Paula Jones and Jennifer Flowers, they know what kind of undies he's wearing because he's forced them upon him. 
making them put ice on it. And then George W. Bush, the evil, you know, Bush lied. He's an idiot. He can't speak. And then we get Mr. Oh, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm Barack Obama. Oh, 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 oh. We get that guy in for eight years, and he's the clean, articulate guy who, you know, look at him. He's, he's going to Cuba, and he's watching a baseball game. This is the kind of crap we deal with, with the left. And, you know, what ended up happening was Trump arrived because the voters were tired of the politicians. They're like, oh, great. We got Jeb. We got Hillary. Some other good names came out, but they weren't familiar with the majority of the people. But the voters gave someone to the American people who will play whack-a-mole with all of you and not care about what you think about it. He's not afraid to call out the fake news media who believe they're this noble missionaries of truth. You know, they really just want to get to the truth. Let's listen to the truth that this Tribune, uh, this Tribune reporter finally laid out by calling up candidate John James, sums up what the media is all about. Hi, my name is Brenda Battle. I am a reporter with the Huron Daily Tribune in Bad Axe, Michigan. Uh, looking to uh, set up an appointment with Mr. James for some time on Wednesday for a phone interview regarding the election results. I'm probably going to send an email over um, to the info at johnjamesforsenate.com with some details. Um, if you'd like to call me back, my, my number is 989. Thank you. Man, if he beats her, Jesus. Fucking John James. That would suck. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, that's the media for you. You know, they're... They really couldn't care less about you from the get-go if you're a conservative. And then Marie Claire puts out this 50 influential women on why they're voting in 2018 midterm elections. And you go down the list and it's like, oh, it's the president of Narol Pro-Choice America. You've got a Parkland activist. You've got a CEO of Thrive Global. You've got a poet and an activist in the name of Cleo Wade. You've got Cynthia Nixon, of you know, the communist socialist uh, person. You've got... The Sophia Bush, the actress and activist. You got Elizabeth Warren. Woo! Pocahontas, Pocahontas. You've got the Planned Parenthood president. I mean, these are the people they're citing as the individuals who are voting for change in the midterms. In other words, we got to guide you around the hand because you don't know who to vote for. And we need to show you feeble-minded readers who you should actually be voting for. And they go through and say, well, we want to be representative of minorities and females. But you don't get to be a minority if you're a conservative like a black guy like John James. You don't get to be a minority or a, a, a female if you're Kim Reynolds, a female conservative, or even if you're young Kim, a Korean female conservative running in California. But you know what? Something that they cannot stop is this little thing called Blexit, Black Exit. Black people leaving the Democrat Party, and it's happening in droves. Check this out. We allow around us. Who have we allowed around us? The Democrats. Who the f have we voted for? The Democrats. There's no white Republicans in the hood. They're not coming in the hood. Bro, bro, bro. Republicans are not coming in the hood to my. Let me listen to some Jay Z with you. They're not. When I go home to Brooklyn and I'm in Brownsville, I see a bunch of white people doing the gentrification thing. 
moving in on the cheap rent, mm -hmm. then they're closing down the schools, yeah. you understand? And then I got charter schools, so now I gotta travel to take my kid to the doctor, I gotta travel to send my kid to the school. It's cheap to live here, but I can't afford to live here because I gotta travel to go everywhere else to get services. But they can afford to live there and do the same they're removing us. Now they're talking about illegal aliens, bro. Because we didn't vote for Hillary. Yeah, if we came out the vote, Hillary would have been president. But this bitch stole $10 billion from Haiti. The whole hood know that bitch wicked. I, I wasn't the, whole, the whole hood know that bitch wicked. So we didn't vote for her. So now Barack Obama, all they foil plans to try to throw all of us in fucking slavery and have this new world order, one or it ain't working. Yep. So now what they got to do? They got to get a bunch of fucking illegals to come in here to replace the black yep. man. Because yep. exactly. we're not going for it. Exactly. We got activated. We we're mad. And the up. thing is, they don't want they don't want us to be mad at the right people. Because once we do, we chasing their ass down the street. Yep. They can't run from us. They can't duck us. There's, there's no running from us. The only people who've been fucking us over are the people we've been voting for. They've been in our hoods. They had to. They. I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna do this for you. I'm gonna do anything. But Barack Obama was all over eight years. All I seen was little black boys getting bodied. That's what everybody. That's what everybody. Nah, Bush, was, Bush is not a Republican. Bush is a globalist. Bush is a globalist. There's a difference between the two, King. Bush is not a Republican. He's a globalist. He's a globalist. I'm not picking sides with Republicans who's doing fuck shit. He's a globalist. That's who he is. He's not a Republican. The reason why we're free and we're here holding phones and talking is because Republicans fought for our freedom. The KKK was founded by the Democrats. They killed yeah. over 3,000 blacks and over 2,000 whites wow. that were sitting there fighting for blacks. And yep. they hung those whites and those blacks together and castrated them together. Yes. Yep. And we don't talk about that because the Democrats don't want people to know that this is their legacy. Let me ask you a question. Who here wants to be a Nazi? No one. You know why? Because they know what their history is. Now let me tell you the Democrats' history. The Democrats started slavery. They started, they started white supremacy. See, these guys get it. They understand what's happening. But we also need to but we also need to look at this movement and understand not everybody is on the same team even though they're siding with who we're siding with. And I'm not saying that to alienate certain people, but there's some people that have profiteered off of the Trump craze. Some people who have made names for themselves, who have questionable past, who right now are being lauded. Some of them have actually been helping this Blexit movement, and 86 some very influential people that could help, could have helped this thing along even further. But because of their own egos, and because we didn't take the time to understand who these people might be in the background, then, you know, we've only allowed it to be done to ourselves, and we set us back in the culture another 10 years. So we're going to get into these people on the other side of the break. Don't forget to follow me on all the social medias on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or the official show Twitter handle, Adrian Slade Show. We're on MeWe. Get your MeWe account. Mojo Radio is all about MeWe. You can find me on there as Adrian Slade. You can also find me on Snippy. Snippy is another great new platform for, for conservative thought and unabashed talk. I'm also on Gab because I like to keep a presence there as well, Adrian Slade. And also on Convo. Convo is pretty cool too. So follow me on all those social media sites. Don't forget the, uh, the podcast. This will be up on podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, anywhere you get your social media or you get your podcast online. And also don't forget to get the free Roku channel. We put the shows up immediately after the weekend on the Roku site. Adrian Slade Show, the streaming channel in your Roku streaming store. Back in just a few minutes. This is Adrian Slade. 
Now, although John James didn't win, and, you know, that uh, that Tribune reporter can have a little sigh of relief, I want to get into some bigger issues. I'm not going to get into some midterm voting analysis because I feel like you've had that all week, but I do want to get into some bigger things. Like, even though the Democrats took back the House, and even though we picked up some Senate seats, um, you know... One of the things we've got to look at is there's a bigger movement still happening that's running away from the Democrats because they're purifying themselves and they're becoming more socialist. And there's a group of people that, you know, the walk away movement, we talked about that a while back. You know, we talked about these people that are going, uh, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up because, you know, I didn't want people who may have a religious view say that I can't do this and I can't do that. I wanted a government that's going to allow me to do the things I want to do and change some of the laws that may have been put in place because of those like myself that have a you know spiritual view uh, towards where our natural rights come from. Maybe they went and, and you know sided with the Democrat Party because that party was in favor of allowing them to do those things without any sort of shame or reprisal. And now they're realizing that they were used, that they were basically snookered into voting for them. And they see what their party has become. And they realize the right isn't really that way. We're not the 1980s Jerry Falwell Christian coalition. Now that's, that doesn't mean to say we don't hold our Christian values dear, but we're looking at it from a different perspective. Now you can vote for a party that wants limited government I'll let you do what you do. That's between you and God. You know, that's the same with me. I'm not going to tell you, well, you can't do this. That's for you to figure out. I mean, I'm going to encourage you to think twice about whatever it is you're doing, because I think it's not really the right thing to do, but that, I'm not going to use the power of government to facilitate that. But we need to, when we're doing these uh, analysis of things like the walkaway movement. More importantly, I want to focus in on the identity politics acceptance of the right through Blexit, which is the black exit, which they're realizing Democrat Party isn't doing anything for us. But at the same time, you can't just accept all these people in and not, and I don't mean not accept them. We're accepting everybody in. But you don't promote them and elevate them just because they suddenly claim some sort of conservative position just because they're a minority or just because they fit into some identity politics checkoff box. We seem to do that pretty easily. We did that with Kanye West. He had this awakening and claimed he support, you know, he still claims he supports Trump. He puts on a MAGA hat, goes on SNL and, you know, he's preaching to everyone how he felt, how his awakening should be something that we should question whatever the status quo is or whatever the so-called norm is. But what did many on the right do? Kanye for president. He's a thought leader. I'm going to go buy all his music right now. Yeah, we need to stop that because there is a market out there for being exploited, uh, for exploiting being MAGA, being a conservative minority. You can elevate yourself to rocket success with little to no resistance, no work. I mean, it's why you have videos of blonde chicks with singing subpar 
uh, songs with red MAGA hats on. They're just hoping to gain a retweet from the president or become this viral video sensation that'll be shared a million times over to the point where you eventually see them singing their song at the State of the Union. Then they get record deals after they had their appearance on Fox and Friends. And then you're set for life. And I know that this is not a popular opinion, but I feel like it needs to be said. That's why I'm covering that so deep on this show. And it's not as though we ever had a black unknown musician ever wear a dress that's made of a Trump campaign poster and walk down the red carpet, which caused the left to freak out. But it also caused the right to immediately praise her, causing her music to hit the top iTunes downloads within minutes. And then later we find out she's a pro-abortion Scientologist. I'm not questioning Joy Villa's support for the president because she probably does support him. But that doesn't mean she's conservative. That doesn't mean she is a conservative leader. She's a capitalist, and kudos to her for noticing a market niche that many were basically ignoring. But to elevate her and even encourage her to run for public office just because she threw you a bone, that's to be too reactionary in my mind. And I bring all this not to rip on any MAGA movement. Don't take it the wrong way but to warn about utilizing some discernment. We have to have discernment in these situations. Frauds abound. People will take advantage of a movement. They did it with the Tea Party. My own representatives, I mean, we had people running out there. Scott Rigel, he ran for, uh, you know, Congress uh, back in 2010, I believe. You know, he was a businessman, and he's out there running under the campaign of, the Tea Party. And guess what? He had like an F Liberty score. He had an F conservative review score. He wasn't Tea Party whatsoever. He was as rhino as it comes. So we have to realize people will exploit a movement. And they'll use your open arms and acceptance for their own gain. We got to handle it like a born-again Christian. We can be excited that they've seen the light, that they understand the truth, and are moving to change their mindset and worldview to match their newfound faith. But you don't push them into the pulpit and make them the freaking preacher. You can bring them up to the pulpit, let them share their testimony. That's what I was screaming for with Kanye. Let him get up there and tell his story. It's going to change hearts and minds, make others to think, cause self-reflection. But again, they aren't nurtured enough to be in a position of leadership. They've got to grow. They've got to get to that place where it becomes second nature, where they have a proven, uh, they have a proven track record of living it out before you can hand the torch over to him. I mean, even in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, when he was, you know, converted on the road, when he was Saul, he had to go through a mentoring period. That's why the blindness was placed upon him and the scales fell later. He had to become someone who was mentored and he did mentoring later. He would become the one who wrote a ton of books in the Bible. He would go to places like Corneth, the Greek Vegas, or even Rome to preach the message. Because he was that grounded in it at that point. You don't just do it straight out the bat. You don't have the awakening, and then you're thrown at the front lines. There's a few examples of this that we need to uh, see. You know, we've got these people out there. There's there's two examples I want to get into. One's on a small scale, and the other one's on a big scale. (laughs) A really big scale. Most people don't realize it. But the first is this person who is called Reform Republican on Twitter. And she started off by saying things like, uh, you know... um, I will not hide. She's got a red MAGA hat on. She says, I will not hide any longer. The left has made us feel as if black Republicans should hide, but not anymore. She goes by the handle at chickpeas. So what she does is she puts this follow-up post. 
Thank you all so much for your overwhelming support. After seeing this tweet, my parents cut me off and refused to pay my university tuition. So if you can find it in your hearts to help this young black Republican pay for school, it would be greatly appreciated. And that's where everybody started praising her. She sends a link up with GoFundMe. Suddenly she's flooded with all these donations and she comes out with this tweet later. Girl, I can afford my tuition rent in 17 iPhones now. Everybody's scratching their head. She follows it up with this confirmation of her purchase of an iPhone that she posts and says, America surely is great. And then changes her handle to Xcoon and posts this. Trump is a racist, homophobic, transphobic bigot, and you think my black ass would support that rotting carrot? Ridiculous. Any black person could put on that ugly ass hat and say MAGA, and y'all instantly be up there behind because you want to prove so hard you're not racist. That's what we're dealing with. This lady basically set up an account, gave a sob story out, put on a red MAGA hat, and everybody donated to her because everybody thought, hey, she's on the side of, of Make America Great Again, that she's a black person and we need to prop her up. But guess what? She played everybody. You played yourself, fool. That's what's happening. And we have to be weary of this stuff because it's everywhere. And in fact, it's on a level that's even bigger than one might surmise. Yeah. Ever heard of a person called Candace Owens? Turning Point USA? Yeah, we're going to get into a little history behind her. And I'm not doing this to knock on her because she could very well be well-intentioned at this point. But there is a backstory that no one's talking about that may get you skeptical, may get you thinking, hmm, is she doing this because she truly is changed and she's a conservative? Or is she doing this to be an opportunist, take advantage of a movement, exploit it, maybe buy 17 iPhones or such? This is Adrian Slade. Adrian Slade Broadcast. Okay, so we know Blexit is happening, so is the walkaway movement, and it's we've got to let it be a natural reaction to the purification of the Democrat Party into its communist infection that has been riddled since the turn of the century. But we have allowed this movement, this MAGA movement, to be exploited by people. And like we just heard about the lady who basically got 17 iPhones or, or had the equivalent of 17 iPhones purchased her new phone by donning a red hat and going on social media and crying about how she can't get her tuition paid because her parents attacked her because she's black and she has a stance that supports Trump. After she gets the money in her GoFundMe account, she turns around and says, ha, screw you guys, Trump's a racist and blah, blah, blah. So we know there's people out there that are doing this, but this could have also been done on a greater level with Turning Point USA's very own Candace Owens. Yep. You've heard me right. I mean, she has an amazing background that no one really wants to talk about. And I'm not ripping her apart. She may very well be legitimate in her motivations, her support for the president. I don't know her heart. I just have a little history as a guide. It was something that keeps being brought up here and there that no one's paying attention to every time she gets out there and starts talking. And how she actually is responsible for pushing Kanye away away from the Blexit movement because she decided to try to attach his brand to it. Because when, you know, a lot of people, when they get around stars, they get so starstruck, they can't believe Kanye West, who is my hero, 
is talking about me. And they get so starstruck and they think, oh, we've got a movement going, let me use you. And they, they overstep their you know, boundaries. They overstep their relationship. They attach him to a movement. And next thing you know, he's like, whoa, I feel like I'm being used. And he says, screw this. I'm just going to make music. I'm not going to talk about politics anymore. Thank you very little, Candace Owens. But here's the problem. She has a really storied past. I mean, I remember this situation during the primaries, beginning of the primaries. And uh, I wasn't aware that she was directly involved, but I do remember the situation. It started as, you know, she showed up as a name, Red Pill Black. She originally started an anti-bullying website. This was the, the beginning of it all where she wanted to uncover online trolls, which, hey, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But realize who the trolls actually were. I mean, they weren't just the ones on the left that continued to do the vilest of things without any reprisal by the gatekeepers of social media, but it was also those on the right who didn't immediately support her idea of outing bullies and outing trolls. I mean, and, and this is one of the things that we have to really look at. Everything, you know... It, uh, this isn't me being somebody who is going to rip on those who supported Trump in the very beginning because I was slow to support him. I mean, I've, you know, I mean, I, I've had to look at what he does because everything we could base his presidency on, he didn't have a record. It was just the stances he took in interviews and media appearances that stood in contradiction to conservative platforms that I felt needed to be pushed ahead. But again, he has pleasantly surprised me, and I'll continue to support him as long as he stays the course. But, you know, these people involved in what was called Gamergate, which we're going to get into a little bit, um, the intersection of Candace Owens and Gamergate, they were the first ones to support Trump. And she didn't realize she wasn't just uncovering leftist trolls. She was also uncovering conservatives. She was doxing them. And if doxing, if you're not aware of that term, that's when you blanket the web with all the personal information of somebody, name, address, place of work, place of business. You put it all out there so somebody can pick it up and actively attack the target of the doxing. Now, Quillet posted a, a little background story about her as well. And it goes right along some of the things I've read and some of the things that I've noticed online back in the day and some of the other uh, things that I put together based on some of her podcasts that she showed up on back around that time. It said, dissidents in the ranks of so-called marginalized groups often viewed as natural constituencies for the left rarely fails to draw backlash from progressives and sympathy from conservatives. Recently, such a controversy erupted when rap star Kanye West voiced support for Twitter or, or support on Twitter for Candace Owens an African-American conservative YouTuber and Donald Trump supporter. West's tweet, I love the way Candace Owen thinks, was met with much wailing and gnashing of teeth on the left and much celebration on the right, partly out of sheer gloating at the left's dismay. And their understandable frustration with the social and radical orthodoxies that currently dominate liberal political culture, conservatives and libertarians risk embracing self-styled dissenters who are, to borrow a term from the social justice left, problematic allies. This is true of Kanye West, but it may also be even more true of Owens, Red Pill Black on YouTube, a self-described convert to conservatism and a rising star on the right. Owens became outreach director for the college-oriented conservative organization Turning Point USA and has been hailed as a courageous free thinker by people like Dave Rubin, the center-right uh, host of a YouTube show, The Rubin Report. That's one of the podcasts that I covered that I heard her talk on. 
The Center for American Experiment, a respective conservative think tank in Minneapolis, is hosting a luncheon talk about her journey to conservatism. Obviously, no one but Owens knows how genuine her professed beliefs are. But a look into her history strongly suggests that her conservatism is a mix of opportunism, personal grievances, canned slogans, and paranoid conspiracy theories. That's about what I said earlier on. Without even reading the article, that's what they came to the same conclusions on. I don't know her heart. I don't know her change in political affiliation, but I just have to go off the history. The way Owens told the Rubin Report, her conservative awakening began in the spring of 2016 when she tried to launch a startup to combat cyberbullying and ran into unexpected opposition from the left, specifically from social justice activist Zoe Quinn, herself a crusader online of online a crusader against online harassment with her involvement in Gamergate. According to Owens, Quinn tried to persuade her to drop the project and was particularly upset that she wanted to out anonymous trolls and harassers. This led to Owens to conclude that Quinn was afraid of being exposed as a fake victim or even an actual cyberbully. Then, Owens said, her, she herself was attacked by a horde of trolls, almost certainly directed after Quinn, hours after she had talked to Quinn directly. She was smeared by the mainstream liberal journalists who were also in cahoots with uh, Zoe Quinn. The only publication that treated her fairly, she said, was the right-wing Breitbart News. In Owens' narrative, while her enemies succeeded in killing her project, this incident was her red pill moment. Right-wing internet jargon for becoming aware of the truth. Previously a liberal Democrat, she became sympathetic to Trump's broadsides against the lying media and began to question other progressive orthodoxies as well. It's a dramatic story. It's also one that bears very little resemblance to the truth. The writer says he knows because they were there. They were one of the first journalists to report on Owens' anti-cyberbullying startup. They also said they favored or they followed her ensuing drama, a convoluted saga that involved warring internet factions and inadvertently became a part of it. The startup that they were talking about, Social Autopsy was the website. First drew attention in April 13, 2016, when Owens began a crowdfunding project for it on Kickstarter with a goal of raising 75000 The project description promised a revolutionary solution to internet bullying, since people who make awful, nasty comments online claim that they're merely exercising their free speech rights. Quote, let's launch a database where we capture them exercising those rights and create digital records for them that anyone can access. While the accompanying video blamed the scourge of cyberbullying on the free-for-all fostered by widespread use of anonymous and pseudonymous handles and, the proposed, and proposed to record the digital footprints of the people who, quote, lob hate speech over the web. The text in the video also asserted that social autopsy team, of which Owens remained the only member, had already compiled a database of 22,000 offenders with plans to expand 150,000 and put it online. While Owens portrays herself as a victim of leftist persecution, the fact is that the initial backlash against social autopsy came mostly from the cultural libertarian opposition to the authoritarian left. YouTube video blogger Matt Jarbo, he's known as Mundane Matt, and Chris Milando, Chris Ray Gunn, both strong critics of social justice warriors, were among the first to blast the project as a terrible idea. Another early negative report came from none other than Breitbart. It was written by Alum Bakari, a frequent co-author of Milo Yiannopoulos and a leading foe of the social justice warrior left in digital and tech culture. 
Breitbart had a whole wing. That's how Milo became so prominent as quickly as he did right after Gamergate. They had a whole tech wing devoted to these kind of things. But back to the article. To these critics, Owen's startup smacked of particularly noxious internet speech policing, a tool to blacklist people who say mean or politically incorrect things online, go after their jobs, the person, the project's promotional materials boasted about linking their alleged cyber bullies to their places of employment and expose or dox them if they're posting anonymously. Some thought social autopsy was meant to target Gamergate, the anti-social justice warrior revolt in the video game community that began late in 2014. However, leading the anti-Gamergate figures, including Zoe Quinn, also took a hostile view of the venture. Now, real quickly to cover what Gamergate is, it's really pertinent to the 2016 election, too. It was a relationship between Zoe Quinn and an influential blogger and game critic. They thought she was receiving favorable treatment because of her social justice warrior-themed video games that she made, many thought were subpar. And the game culture is huge business. I mean, streaming, you playing a video game, profiting off of the viewership, playing video games in competitions. I mean, there's a lot of money out there to be made in that field. That's why I remember that shooting that happened not too long ago was a big deal because it basically rocked that scene and required the calls for new security measures to be taken. But back in 2014, apparently Zoe Quinn, she was an independent game developer. She released Depression Quest, a text-focused game designed to convey the experience of depression through series of fictional scenarios. Her former boyfriend, Aaron Ganji, posted a lengthy post detailing his relationship with Quinn. Based on the contents of the post, Quinn was falsely accused of receiving positive coverage from a journalist with whom she was in a relationship with. These accusations sparked the Gamergate controversy. Quinn suffered a long period of harassment, including doxing, rape threats, and what have you. But then she went on uh, The New Yorker, and talked about how she was fearing for her safety, and then she ended up on MSNBC's Ronan Farrell Daily talking about Gamergate and calling it misogynist, and she ended up going to the UN with Anita Sarkinson, who was a feminist media critic, and Gamergate was important because it fueled the initial push for Trump to be president because they were so sick of social justice warrior and PC culture infiltrating the video game scene that it was starting to destroy the video game scene, and they wanted to politically lash out. They were some of the first people to support Trump on 4chan and Reddit and 8chan with the memes and what have you. So it's really interesting how Candace Owens falls into this mix of Gamergate individuals and how her intersection with Zoe Quinn and some of these other people pushed for a bigger issue that shows up. We're going to get into that on the other side of the break. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Welcome back. So we were talking about Candace Owens, whether or not we should be investing all of our energy behind this individual. I know she definitely has a support, you know, a love for Donald Trump and wants to provide support to him. But we also have to realize there's a market out there for people to exploit the Trump movement and turn themselves into a brand. And some of her past is really interesting, especially when you get into her anti or her anti-bullying doxing of trolls website and the intersection with Gamergate. And Gamergate is important because it fueled the initial push for 
someone like Trump to become president because it was an anti-PC reaction to PCs cancerous creeping into gaming. But if you think about it, we know progressivism, socialism, they chase you in every aspect of culture. They've clenched TV, music, movies decades ago. They have the media as their political arm, influencing everyone. And it takes, you know, their political arm, it influences the population because it takes your hand from the seed cultivation of culture and leads you into a political view based on how they frame the narrative. This is why you have Al Roker and Katie Couric and Matt Lauer before he was busted with the office rape button and the trap door. Why they are always in movies whenever they needed a news agency role filled. But would it surprise you that they would move to video games? I mean, I would think that would be something the left would look into. They've done it with the NFL. They've done it with the NBA. They're trying to do it with MLB. They focused on areas that we never even thought of penetrating before, like country music and NASCAR. Who would have thought they would have done that? Susan Rice ends up on the board at Netflix, and Obama's going to have an anti-Trump show on there too? So we've covered ad nauseum the influencing of social media like we did last week and how they can just say, oh, we don't like your viewpoint. We'll just plug you right out of the mix. Anywhere the public square congregates is where they'll infiltrate. Again, it's like that annoying kiosk guy chasing you into wet seal with his little head massager. Come, come here, come here. Let me, let me try this out. Try as you might to avoid this guy from pushing his product on you. You now have to escape to something like Claire's Boutique. You know, which obviously you don't care to go in, but it's your only option. But, you know, going back to the article uh, on Candace Owens, on the first day of the controversy, I tweeted asking if social autopsy was a doxing service under the pretext of outing harassers and bullies. A few hours later, I got a message from Owens who said she was anxious to explain her project and address the concerns and criticisms. This, the writer's first impressions was of Owens was that she was a 26-year-old who had previously worked as an administrative assistant in finance and had entered a nasty episode of racial harassment in high school. She was well-intended, but somewhat clueless about the issue she was planning to tackle. She had never even heard the term docs until that day and didn't quite know what she was doing. Yet the venture's marketing pitch stressed a toxic effect of anonymous handles and resulting in a lack of accountability if, as Owens told the writer, it did not have either the ability or the intent to de-anonymize anyone. That pitch amounted to false advertising because that's what the website was supposedly designed to do. To complicate things further, Owens said that the social autopsy would not be exposing anonymous internet users, but would, quote, explore this possibility as they grow. But there were other problems. While the social autopsy website had not yet officially launched, it had a number of pages with names, photos, and of individuals listed alongside various offenses ranging from racism to homophobia to general harassment and personal threats. Owens assured me that these were from a dummy test site and not real. But to the writer's best recollection, she also said that none of the names and photos were of real individuals, which he later found out through Google searches that they were all real people. And at least one person listed in the dummy database appeared to be linked to a specific offense. A Facebook comment about transgender celebrity Caitlyn Jenner that, while crude and demeaning, hardly amounted to harassment. So later on, Kickstarter basically cans Candace Owens' fundraiser and for violating uh, violation of platform rules is what they say presumably because of its potential for doxing individuals, including minors. 
Randy Harper, a social justice activist who runs her own anti-harassment initiative, made a scathing post mocking Owens and her, quote, crappy project and taking credit for shutting down the fundraiser. A furious Owens went on the warpath, accusing Zoe Quinn and Harper of seeking to destroy her startup because they saw her as an invading uh, force on their turf, and also perhaps because they were not afraid that social autopsy would expose their own dark secrets. She then expanded her attack to two journalists who covered this story, New York Magazine science columnist Jesse Signal and Washington Post digital culture critic Caitlin Dewey. Owens claimed that they acted on Quinn's behalf to undermine her and that Dewey even tried to pump her for information about her financial backers. At this point, Owens found unexpected allies in some of her recent detractors, who now saw her as the enemy of their archenemies. Breitbart's Bakari, who had criticized her venture two weeks earlier, gave sympathetic coverage to her claims of abuse by social justice warriors and endorsed the argument that Zoe Quinn and Harper's opposition to exposing anonymous trolls was somehow suspicious with only a passing acknowledgement that Breitbart was also skeptical of such proposals. Owens did a video with Milo Yiannopoulos and his buddy, Ethan Ralph, who was upfront about the fact that he didn't like social autopsy as a project, but disliked Quinn and Harper even more than his dislike for social autopsy. Eventually, Owens deleted her then Twitter account and her blog and assumed, we all assumed she had vanished until she resurfaced as Red Pill Black capitalizing on her new connections on the right to reinvent herself as a conservative activist. Now, that's what I've been saying. Going back to Joy Villa, going back to the, uh, you know, chickpeas, uh, whatever reform Republican who was raising money and buying iPhones, there's a market to be a minority on the right. There is an opportunity for people to make themselves into a brand, get you famous, and we need to stop rushing to people just because we go, oh, hey, look, there's somebody on the right who's a minority that destroys the left's framing and the left's narrative of what the right really is. Let's make them a superstar. We've got to stop doing that. We have to start looking at the fact that we need to just build the movement. I, I like what she did with Blexit, but Blexit was something that was going to happen regardless of her because of the walk away movement. Just so happens that a lot of black people were starting to realize in their walk away experience that nothing was getting done in the, in the urban areas. None of these programs were helping them. And they've been told for decades after decades that, that someone on the left was going to be there for them and they never did. And Blexit was going to happen. Candace Owens stepped in, gave it a push, but then she kind of destroyed a potential ally by basically taking whatever Kanye West and her relationship, uh, whatever, wherever that was going, and just attaching his name all over it and basically getting him to a place where he's like, hey, uh, I, I didn't endorse this. Don't put my name on it. Whether it's good or bad, he just, he's got a brand to worry about on his own. And so these things are things we need to be thinking about as a movement. You don't just take somebody like Kanye West and make him your leader. You don't just take somebody like Candace Owens and make her the, the star just because she found an opportunity to capitalize on support for somebody, uh, you know, for a movement that is aching to find people as an example of how it's across the board, that people just want freedom. They just want liberty. 
They want to make America great again. I don't want to sound trite, but they want to bring it back. And the only way they can do that is if they actually, you know, fight for small government. And that's why they picked Trump, because he's just going to pound them all like whack-a-mole, like Jim Acosta. You know, he's going to call them out and he's not going to back down like George W. Bush would have dodging, you know, shoes being thrown out of him in Iraq. Now, real quick on a, on a, you know, on the ending note, keep your prayers on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She uh, fell, broke three ribs. We want to be lifting her up in prayer. But we also want to be thinking about the wider term. This could be an incident where she decides, hey, uh, I'm done. You know, I'm hoping it doesn't result in anything, you know, fatal. But, you know, when, and at her age, broken bones like that, if she's off her back for a while, pneumonia, what have you. I don't want that to be the case at all. But regardless, it could make her think, hey, this may uh, be a good time for me to hang out with my family and just enjoy, you know, my remaining years on this planet. Not that she's going to be dying from this, but we have a Senate majority now that does not require any of the craziness that the Kavanaugh hearings gave us. We have a Senate majority now that we can confirm anything we want and not have anybody stand in our way. And we need to be thinking about that as a movement. We need to stop apologizing, stop considering the other side, stop going, well, you know, let's be bipartisan. We need to get it done. And if she decides to step down, we have an opportunity to fill that role with Amy Coney Barrett. And that would just make them go insane. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us every weekend on Mojo 5.0, the new platform for libertarian, conservatarian, conservative talk. Also, check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, and various other podcast platforms. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Also, you can donate patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, $2 a month or whichever amount you wish. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. We'll see you guys next time.